This is the John Oakley Show podcast. All right, let's get into it. Topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville, pound 3636. We got our Friday panel here with us, Michael Giles. He's been in government 30 years, federally, provincially, and municipally. How's Michael? Very good today. Thanks, John. Good, and thanks for coming in. John Carmichael is the CEO of the Ontario Motor Vehicle Industry Council, also a Canadian business leader and former Conservative Member of Parliament. Big John, how you doing? Always good, John. Good to be with you. Good to have you here. And Sherry DeNovo, the Reverend Dr. <clears throat> Sherry DeNovo is a minister at Trinity St. Paul Centre for Faith, Justice and the Arts and former NDP MPP for Parkdale High Park. How's Sherry? I'm a little windblown, but I'm fine. I'm good. It's <laughs> well, fun gl- to be here. Glad to have you on board uh, on such a blustery day. Look, there's been a couple of uh, developments on the sentencing front, these heinous cases up in Quebec City with Alexander Bissonnette and closer to home Bruce MacArthur. And I just wanted to start by asking you, Sherry, because I know this is somewhat provocative, and uh, by even suggesting it or intimating it, people go sideways. But, you know, when the judge says it's been difficult for immigrants and refugees, particularly those from the South Asian and Middle Eastern communities, and the accused disproportionately targeted victims from these communities, vulnerable members have uh, been exploited and murdered. The fear, anger, and distrust has and continues to be felt in those uh, communities. Is this something where if people, you know, as he's gone on further to say, uh, some of these cases uh, where the exploited victims were leading double lives or involved in immigration concerns, do you think the sanctuary city thing protects Uh, these individuals from being rooted out and deported? Do you think there's any merit to that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that what we what we really need is is transparency, and um, and that protects them, and it protects us. Um, uh, and what do you mean by transparency? Having, well, pe- people are able to come f- through. I mean, I'll I'll give you an example in my in my writing. Um, children um, and the you know the school board has long said, "Don't ask, don't tell." When children come to school to be able to get an education, whatever their parents' immigration status or theirs is. Um, and and the same with health care. If you know refugees aren't getting health care, we're all at risk. So again, more transparency about who's in our city, um, them um, being if you feel that they're free and able to talk to the police about uh, harassment or anything else that's happening to them without you know having the the light shone on their immigration status. This is all keeps us safe and them safe. All right. So the sanctuary city argument, uh, Sherry's lent credence to that. Do you support that notion, Michael? I'm not sure if it's it's completely applicable in this case. I I think there's you know in many communities there's a, a sense of you know people who who will feel that they're uh, nervous about you know identifying as the so-called uh, double life if that's the correct way to describe it. So I don't know if it's 100. percent I mean I agree in the notion that obviously we need to provide healthcare, we need to provide education to children, we need to do those things. Um, and I think that generally speaking, under the system, we have a lot of that does happen. You know, in terms of. Uh, you know, refugee claimants while they're being adjudicated, it is my understanding anyway that they receive health care. But having said that, I think there's a, you know, this particular uh, reference in the in his in his ruling is is uh, you know I, I suppose it, there is potential for being applied. I, I think there's a lot of other things in his ruling that's probably a little more controversial. Right. The sense well, itself. he's basically saying you know these individuals fell through the cracks and were easily exploited. So that's why I thought, okay, uh, I'm sure there are going to be proponents, and Sherry is indicative of that, John, that, uh, you know, the sanctuary city might go away to protecting these individuals. Do you buy it? No, I don't. Not on this one. Um, I think the uh, the judge was offside, uh, should have had stiffer sentencing, and, and I think he uh, gave credence to this one. When you've got somebody going around the streets of Toronto being a sanctuary city or not is not going to protect those individuals. Somebody like MacArthur or 
Well, you know, I think it's, I think it's, um, I think they're vulnerable. They're going to get, they will fall through the cracks, but you've got somebody out there, a predator like that. It's not going to make a difference. Sherry, what do you make of the sentence? I mean, uh, no parole eligibility for 25 years. We just talked to our legal expert. He said, look, it's all just, you know, one of these pro forma things. Uh, He's not going to see the light of day again. He's not getting out. But uh, isn't symbolism important to say, uh, you know, this is such a reprehensible act, the society would like to see 150-year parole ineligibility? Yes, uh, I think we were discussing this before uh, coming on air, um, we panelists, and, and, I, and I think we're probably in agreement on this, that uh, instead of concurrent sentencing, um, consecutive sentencing would have sent that message out more strongly. I think this is a community that's really, really hurting. Um, they're hurting, of course, because they had this predator in their midst. Um, they're also hurting, and I think the longer conversation has to do with policing, you know, uh, and that will be ongoing. But he will never see the light of day, and, and I think they need needed to hear that uh, and and certainly finally the victims need to have an end to this uh, and hopefully they'll get that well all right so you're saying that the police uh, there's still something that's going to be uh, have to be answered on that front uh, I want to play this clip for you because this is a, a police chief Mark Saunders and he said that his officers took the disappearances seriously even if people are still unwilling to believe it listen we knew something stunk. There, there was no ifs, ands, and buts, which is why we put millions of dollars into it. We knew something stunk, and we did everything we could to find it, and we just didn't. You're not good with that? Uh, well, you have the instance of the police officer who, uh, you know, victim came in and said that, that MacArthur tried to strangle him, um, you know, the, and, and now claims that he's being scapegoated, uh, that it wasn't just him alone. Uh, during this time, Allura Wells, who was a trans sex trade worker, was lying in the morgue. People were trying to find her, and the police didn't even know they had her in the morgue. I mean, there are some issues there with the community, and clearly there are some issues, um, not just this. Uh, and, and I think that's a longer conversation. All right, Michael, I mean, uh, do you get a sense that the police are being unjustifiably uh, portrayed here in pilloried as being inept or uh, not caring? Well, I think that there, there are, I wouldn't necessarily say they're inept and on, on caring. I would say that there was definitely major issues with this investigation. You know, listening to Chief Saunders today, I was a little concerned with some of the language. You know, he was speaking about the, the fact that not, you know, he understood that not everybody would be, you know, accepting of the, the way the investigation was conducted, but there are others that were happy with it. And I thought even the choice of that word happy, I mean, I don't think this was handled in, in any way that could be described as, as well. You know, the community itself had for a long time been telling people that they believe the serial killer was loose in the community and nobody listened and so i think if anything comes of this there needs to be a, a greater understanding that the community you know when community raises concerns it needs to be listened i mean it's that woman i think if i'm not incorrect about the the woman that went missing and they found out later she was murdered and they didn't find her body and the police were looking around the neighborhoods and the, and her mother comes from out of town and finds it in like a couple of hours finds her daughter i mean there's something wrong there right this was the one at uh, church just north of Wellesley at Dundonald. And four days she'd been missing, but mother finds her in a stairwell where uh, allegedly this is where she was last seen. And the police obviously didn't scour it. So you're saying there's a credibility gap insofar and there's uh, having to mend these kinds of uh, chasms, I guess, between the community and the police. Let me move on to other uh, topics worthy of discussion. I wanted to get to, uh, well, Justin Trudeau is now being pilloried because... uh, there's some uh, thought that maybe uh, he directed his then attorney general, uh, who was a justice minister, Jody Wilson-Raybould, to uh, 
interfere in a case involving SNC-Lavalin, a bribery charge from 2001, the early 2000s in Libya, which, if they're found guilty, would lead them to being penalized. They couldn't operate their business in Canada for 10 years. It's billions of dollars in contracts that would go missing. They'd have to move their headquarters from Quebec, and obviously they're a big employer there, uh, and he's not answering directly. So, uh, John, let me ask you, because you were the one who did a stint in the House of Commons when he says he that... Uh, Nobody in the PMO directed Jody Wilson-Raybould uh, to <coughs> actually uh, intervene in the um, in the SNC-Lavalin case. Uh, that's not really the question. The question is whether or not she was pressured by the PMO. Right. Are you getting a sense that uh, there's something here that maybe doesn't pass the sniff test? Absolutely. I, th- I think uh, I think the prime minister is in big trouble on this one, and. Uh, uh, clearly, the SNC-Lavalin executives had made 79 visits to the Hill in the in a course of eight or nine months. Uh, they were uh, talking about justice issues. Uh, they had a message. Uh, that message was delivered to the PMO, whether it was a, a Jerry Butts initiative or, or anybody else. Uh, I think clearly there's enough going on here right now that indicates that the PMO was pressuring uh, directly or indirectly, uh, the, the attorney general to make a, a decision that was different than what they wanted, or in other words, they, they she didn't want to go down the route of a of a deal. She wanted it to go to court, and uh, and they wanted the deal. Well, yeah, she said she's at arm's length. Uh, she's not getting involved politically. Everything has to do with justice and legalities. Uh, Michael Giles, do you think this is something that will uh, stick to the liberals, or it's just another faux pas, and we'll move on? Well, the next one. I think we have to see where where it'll go. I think potentially this could be a very significant issue. I mean, today the former justice minister. Well, I mean, again, if you take it in general terms and you stand back from thirty thousand feet, you start to say to yourself, okay, well, you know, this apparently supposedly happened. There was some kind of pressure. The fact the fact that they're using very legalistic terms like direct, and you know, when he's answering his questions, and then the fact that uh, you know she was moved out as attorney general and moved into veterans affairs afterwards, which you know generally be seen as a bit of a demotion in terms of cabinet but so you start to put those pieces together and you start to say okay there seems to be something here you know and then today she she said that she couldn't comment on this because of solicitor client privilege because the as attorney general the departments of the government are technically her client uh, the problem with that is that the Prime Minister has the ability under British common law to exempt the privilege and start talking about it. So I think this is the beginning. It's sort of that thing you see in the cartoon where I won't describe, but something's on the ground and there's a little bit of fumes coming off it, and I think that's where we're starting here. Where it goes, we'll have to see, but I think there's definitely the potential for a major problem. All right, so what you're saying is where there's smoke, there's fire. Absolutely. Well, how do you feel, Sherry? Oh, absolutely. Uh, this needs an investigation, and and there's no question about it. I mean, uh, first of all, SNC-Lavalin, if you look at their history... Uh, not just abroad, but in Canada. You know, I, some of my distant Sicilian relatives look like choir boys in comparison to this this group. Um, so there's that. Uh, second of all, um, you know, clearly he's using wiggle language here. Um, clearly, I mean, I think anybody who looks at this, you know, who's been in the political realm knows that something was going on behind the scenes here. Uh, and, and, you know, this is a company that, that supported the Liberal Party directly with huge sums of money and actually got in trouble 
trouble legally around it too. Um, uh, and and sadly, this is kind of you know what I experienced even at Queens Park with the Liberal Party. This sadly is their metier, you know, out there. And so absolutely needs an investigation. Um, uh, check into it. Will it stick? Who knows about that? But this is not the last we've heard of this. Well, your leader Jagmeet Singh has asked for an ethics investigation. We'll be talking to the leader of the opposition, Andrew Shear, after six o'clock. But I wanted to come back because Justin Trudeau may be basking in some good job numbers. Uh, the employment figures have just come out. Or are the devil, is the devil in the details? We'll find out with our panel in a moment. John Carmichael, Sherry DeNovo, and Michael Giles here on The Oakley Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. The allegations in the Globe story this morning are false. This is the same Prime Minister who said that there was nothing wrong with his illegal vacation. This is the same Prime Minister who said that there was nothing to see uh, with, the Nar- uh, with the Mark Norman affair. This is the same Prime Minister who said that there was nothing wrong with his Minister of Fisheries and Oceans giving contracts to members of his family. So you'll pardon me if I don't take Justin Trudeau at his word today. This stuff will all come out. You can't hide it. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.